reflections this is Tom and uh, happy New Year's Eve um, <laughs> tonight we are going to hopefully talk about uh, part two discipleship and um, reading plan for the coming year um, I laugh because I I have been struggling with what tonight is going to be and I, I kind of thought this would be done uh, earlier today. And I'm um, just having a lot of, of thoughts of what we're going to get tonight. So um, anyways, I, I did, I did want to start with that song um, by Amy Grant. 
I've decided because I think we've come to a place in our Christian life, whether we are coming to faith for the first time and we finally surrender and we see um, that Jesus died for us and we received the grace of God. Or, you know, maybe we've been walking with God for a while. Maybe we grew up in the church and maybe we've sort of become numb to the gospel and we're reawakening to it. Um, and I feel like I, I've had both those experiences, to be honest, um, as a new believer when I was in college. And then after many years, the Lord uh, shaking my foundation to get my attention back. And so, um, before we get started, why don't we pray and then let's see what the Lord has for us tonight. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for your word and your spirit. Lord, thank you for many blessings that we, where is it? Thank you for many blessings. Uh, thank you for the gift of music. Oh my gosh. Um, thank you for a lot of things we maybe take for granted. Lord, thank you for our homes and our jobs and our friends and family and indoor plumbing and our pets and our friends. I said friends. Lord, but just so many things that perhaps we don't just stop and thank you for. And Lord, as we uh, wrap up another year this evening, we just kind of think back and reflect on this year and all the things to be thankful for. Uh, thank you for your forgiveness, for your grace and mercy, for the times that we fell short in walking with you. Uh, Lord, thank you for your infinite patience, your infinite forgiveness, your infinite love. Lord, thank you that grace and mercy reach much farther than I can reach, much farther than any person can reach. And thank God that we aren't God. Oh my goodness, because Lord, um, we struggle with sin and pride, and but we seek to be humble, seek to grow in humility. So, Lord, as we get ready to start a new year, we just pray that we can walk in a manner worthy of your calling, that we can be mindful of your presence, that we can know that we live all of life in your presence, that we can be true servants, that we can put the needs of others ahead of our own, that we can give without fear, that we can love without fear, that we can turn the other cheek. That we can be at peace with all people. As far as it depends on us. Lord, we thank you and we praise you and we're grateful. And Lord, I just pray that you not only prepare the hearts of the people who will hear this, but that you also give me the words to share as you know, the challenges I've had the, this week to streamline my thoughts for tonight. I pray by the power of your spirit that I could just speak into, be a vessel of mercy and deliver your message and speak into the hearts of those who will hear this. Father God, we thank you and we praise you and we're grateful. And we ask all this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, Happy New Year's Eve, and um, 
you know, with the, um, you know, the changing of the calendar tomorrow and a new year, you know, for many people that marks hopefully the beginning of something new and, you know, um, you know, I, I haven't always, uh, placed a lot of stock in the new year, but I, I'm hopeful for many things in the coming year as, um, things I've been praying for. Um, and it, it's funny cause I was, I was going to, I wanted to play this other song to, to open the show, but I couldn't get it to play. And I, I trust that God maybe didn't want that, but, uh, the song did mention Jesus. It was a country song. Um, but in the immortal words of Ben Franklin, um, beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. So I suspect tonight there'll be some sharing of beverages in the celebration of the turning of the calendar. Um, but at any rate, um, tonight I do want to share some thoughts on discipleship, but I really want to focus on what the reading plan is going to be for the coming year. And to see if we can get down um, into a plan of making sure we get the Word of God into us um, every day. Um, Every day of the coming year and the years beyond and however many days the Lord is going to grant each one of us. So that's what I want to do. But, you know, I also want to... Just follow up on a few of a few things from previous. Um, you know, in the Christian life, you know, we are stepping into a relationship with God. Um, and, uh, you know, C.S. Lewis wrote in Mere Christianity that God is not looking to uh, take this old house and remodel it. He's looking to uh, do a demolition and tear it down and rebuild it. And, you know, that really starts with our thinking. It starts with the things that we put into our mind. Um, and that will shape our actions and those actions will shape our habits. Those habits will shape our character and those, that character will shape how we engage with the world, how we engage with people, how we engage with our loved ones. And so we want to, um, take a look at that, um, you know, uh, Romans 12 talks about transforming your thinking and not emulating, uh, or copying what the world does. Um, but even beyond that, um, we want to really seek to have rightly ordered loves. And that is uh, Matthew 22, 37 and 39, that we love God first with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And we love our neighbors as ourselves or we love people as ourselves. And so um, we want to be able to. uh, That's the goal. That's where we want to step into. So it's. um, It's all driven by getting the word of God into us. And that's something that, you know, you've heard me um, continue to harp on recently. And I just want to impress that upon you. So as we, um, when we get to talking about Bible plans, I do want to talk a little bit more about how we do that. But before we get there, um, 
you know, just some, some closing thoughts on faith and doubt. Um, you know, James 4, 8 says to draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And, uh, you know, that made me think of um, a passage, uh, Matthew 14, when Jesus walks on water and he's walking towards the disciples in the boat and they were afraid. Um, it's really interesting because I think there's a picture here where they're out there and they're afraid and uh, Peter gets out of the boat and walks on the water. And the passage says, you know, that that they were afraid. But Peter, when he's on the water and he sees this Jesus, um, and then he falls in the water and Jesus tells him, why did you become afraid and fall in the water? Why did you doubt, the scripture says. And he had that little bit of doubt. I mean, he had enough faith to step out of the boat and he knew that he couldn't walk on water. Um, but he saw Jesus and he did it for a little bit. Um, and then he took off his eyes off the Lord and he fell. And I think for us, that's, that's a picture that we want to embrace in everyday life because we can very easily get focused on the circumstances, on the problem, on the unanswered prayer, on whatever is weighing us down, on whatever is pressing down on us. Um, and one of the disciplines of the Christian life is to, you know, to fix our eyes on Jesus, like Hebrews 12 says. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's a discipline. It takes practice because uh, sometimes um, we our foundation gets shaken and in a variety of ways. So, um, but I just, I just want to remember that, that picture of in Matthew 14 and just remember that as we draw near to God, um, he draws near to us. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is we haven't talked about spiritual warfare and I don't want to open that here, but I did want to draw attention to one thing. Um, as you start to walk with God, um, don't get so caught up in a cause. I'm not saying don't do charity. I'm not saying don't do good things. What I am saying is don't lose your focus. Um, in the screw tape letters, uh, C.S. Lewis writes one of the tactics was to get people to uh Embrace the Christianity and fill in the blank. Christianity and being pro-war. Christianity and being anti-war. Christianity and social justice. Um, you know, he was writing, you know, referring to World War II. But sometimes we do that. And the cause can take the place of God, take the place of Christ in our heart. And we want to be careful of that. So we want to be able to serve in a God-honoring way. And I know that we can, um, and it's good that we get anxious to serve and we get excited to to be involved and, um, you know, whatever it might be, you know. Um, my church, we have ministries to help refugees. We have ministries for foster care. Uh, we have ministries, ministries for unplanned pregnancy. Um, we have ministries for church planning. We um, support churches all over the world that we planted. 
uh, we do a lot of these things, and these are all wonderful things. These are, these are the work of God. These are the love of God being manifest in action. However, we want to just know from Scripture, have the warning that we don't lose our focus in Revelation chapter 2, the letter to Ephesus, the church at Ephesus. The Lord Jesus tells them, hey, I see all the good things you're doing. And um, you're doing great work. You put down false teachers. He said, but you've lost your first love. So I want to caution against that. As you step into your journey, serve the Lord with with, uh, gladness. Um, Love people as a way of loving God. And be mindful of, of your motives. And don't let the work, the good work of God, replace God. And I just want to... Shine a light on that, because we do see it in Scripture. We do know that that can be a tactic in spiritual warfare. We do know that it's very easy to get busy for God. And, and man, there's so much. This world needs so much help. You know, as we are in year end, you know, I must have got 50 emails this week, or I should say hundreds of emails from like 50 different uh, ministries and charities looking for year end donations. And, you know, you want to help them all. It, it's hard to not help them all. Um, but we just have to make sure that we are uh, putting God first in all these things and prayerfully considering what we step into. Um, you know, I, I got an invitation today to uh, join. Um, a discussion group on biblical literacy. And man, it looks so good. I, I want to do it. I just feel like I'm already uh, about to be overextended as it is. And I haven't said no yet, but I told him I probably would. But it's a good thing. And it'll produce fruit of eternal value. And I know that I would uh, gain, um, gain from it incredibly. I know that I would be able to contribute to the conversation uh, however, um, you know, I look at my previous commitments and um, I'm like, okay, it's a good thing, but I can't allow this one good thing to take the place of, of God. Um, so just by way of example, I just wanted to share that and some caution against it because there's going to be no shortage of opportunities when you're born again and the Lord changes your heart. There's so many things that we can step into and we need to prayerfully consider those things. Excuse me. Um, the next thing as we are disciples, um, just note that we are also called to make disciples. So, you know, in John chapter 4, we see that Jesus um, was also in the business of making disciples. And I think that's important to to be aware of because um, we are students, but we will also at some point be teachers. And so as we grow up in the faith, we will be teachers and students. And the Lord is going to bless you with some incredibly godly men and women to pour into you. And he's also going to bring... Um, uh, younger believers that we are to pour into as well. And then you're going to want to pour into um, people you may be discipling. You're going to want to be pour into 
um, your friends or your small group, and then you're going to want to pour into your spouse or your children, um, you know, or your your beloved or your intended. Uh, there's so many people in your life to pour into and let them pour into you. So we, and we but we need to do our part to be prepared um, by getting the word of God into us. Um, there is a um, passage, Matthew 10, four, 24 to 42. Uh, where the Lord Jesus describes uh, there in like 18 verses what discipleship is. I'm not going to go through it here, but I think you should read it. Um, uh, then I want to talk about prayer. You know, as Christians, we um, we have the ultimate hope. Um, you know, faith, hope, and love are the three virtues that we that characterize our lives and that we grow into and that are constantly growing um and because of that uh we have an incredible hope and an incredible god that's infinite that's all powerful that's all knowing that's all loving and so you know some verses to know um that tell us with god nothing's impossible with god all things are possible um, I share that because we want to know that and we want to believe that as we um, develop our prayer life. You know, Luke one thirty seven is one to know, and that's, um, uh, you know, with the announcement of the Lord Jesus that's going to be born. Uh, Matthew 19.26, uh, Mark 9.23.24, uh, Mark 11.23.24. Just, just some of the verses that say, with God all things are possible. You know, and and I really like Mark nine twenty three twenty four because the the man actually prays uh, with you know the man with the sick daughter. Um, uh, the Lord Jesus says, "Do you believe?" And he said, "Yes, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief." In other words, there was a recognition there of I do believe, but it's somewhat unbelievable. And help my unbelief, help me fully believe, help me uh, throw off doubt. Um, and I think those are good prayers to pray. Um, and then we want to pray with um, persistence and diligence. Uh, Luke 18, 1 through 8 tells us, gives us a, a picture of a woman. And the, the principle of the story is that we keep praying and keep asking because it's a declaration of faith and it's a declaration in the faithfulness of God. It grows our faith. It grows other fruit in us, like patience. It helps the eyes of our heart see the circumstances better. It helps us um, to understand God's timing better. And so we want to pray with consistency and diligence. And we don't want to act like a spoiled child that, you know, the Lord didn't answer my prayer. Stomp, stomp, slam. I'm going to go, you know slam my door and go to my room or I'm going to go out and commit sin or I'm going to, you know, rebel. And we really do not want to um, get to a place where we have a heart of rebellion or a stubborn heart. Um, you know, and we know scripture tells us that rebellion is like the sin of divination, which is not good. That's, you know, when, and when we talk about equating rebellion as the sin of divination, that's equating rebellion to witchcraft to the dark arts, to everything unholy, um, in black magic and so many things. So 
I just think that that's important to be aware of, that when we, our pride leads us to a place of rebellion, uh, that's a huge red flag that we need to dial it back and repent and, and wait on God. And I'm not going to get into waiting on God tonight. It, it's, uh, oh geez. Um, but waiting on God is an important part of the Christian life. And, um, as you get to know your scriptures, you're going to see a number of instances of waiting on God in the Bible, whether it's Simeon waiting for the consolation of Israel and the birth of Messiah, uh, whether it's um, Hannah waiting for a child and finally being able to give birth to Samuel, um, whether it's Rachel also waiting for a child, whether it's Sarah and Abraham waiting for a child, a lot of waiting for children. Um, uh, but um, there is a lot of waiting in the Bible. And we want to understand uh, God's timing the best we can. And we want to be faithful during that time. So, um, yeah, I know I said I wasn't going to talk about waiting on God, but I can't help it. Um, when we pray... You know, Luke 18 also, the rest of Luke 18, not the rest of it, but the next passage, Luke 18, 9 through 17, um, talks about the, the posture of our hearts as we approach God. And it's the the story of the Pharisee and the publican and having a heart of humility uh, versus a prideful heart. And it was the man, the publican, um, not esteemed by society, not esteemed by the culture or the religious society, but that was the man that went away justified because it says that he could not even lift his eyes to heaven to talk to God. He was just so humbled to come in the presence of the Lord. And I think that's an important thing to to be aware of. Because spiritual pride uh, can be very damning. and um, But to be uh, aware of your sin, to be aware of your condition, to know that we are just ragmuffins before God. Um, you know, I think when we have, you know, I've coined a phrase, the Isaiah 6 moment, and we see in Isaiah 6 where... Isaiah, the esteemed prophet of Israel, um, he said, I've seen the Lord and I'm ruined. He got a glimpse of the Shekinah glory of God and um, it was just humbling. And he's, you know, it was like Peter in Luke 5, Lord, get away from me, I'm an unclean man. Um, so, um, you know, we see that in scripture and then the... the um, the public in there in Luke 18 is the same thing. I can't even look up. And I think that that's the posture of our heart that the Lord is seeking, that we are aware of our creatureliness, that he is the creator, and we have no right to be prideful. Um, Lamentations chapter 3 says, How can any person complain to God in lieu of his sin? In recognition of your sin, how can you, how dare you even complain to God? 
and that is the the posture of somebody whose pride has been broken whose self-awareness is their sin awareness and within that has understood now the grace of God and the mercy of God and the love of God that's what breaks a man that's what shows us the love of God is that we give up our pride and we see ourselves as we really are. A Job, again, that's another example. You know, Job is a righteous man, the most righteous man on the earth, according to the Lord. And well known in the community, you can read the conversations in the book of Job that he had with his friends, and they accused him of, you know, uh, maybe um, hidden sin or, you know, some sort of, the, there was some sort of retribution here. But, you know, you get all the way to Job 42 and Job says, I'd heard of you, but now I see you and I repent in dust and ashes. And I think every believer takes this journey in various ways to get to that place where we see the Lord in a whole new way and we're humbled and we're broken and we're thankful. We accept how we're created. We accept who we are. We rejoice in who we are because we know that God made us with purpose and he has a plan for our life. I've said this before, you know, the Lord imagined you. He designed you. He created you. He built gifts and talents into you. He numbered your days. And has a plan for your life. You know, we like to say God's in control, but we, we rarely live that way. But the truth is, <laughs> from beginning to end, God planned it. He knows our end. He knows that we're just dirt and stood upright for a little while. Psalm 103 says that. He knows that we're like grass and we are fading. Isaiah 40, verse 7. We're flowers fading. I just want to drive these points home because, like I said before, it's not about just praying a prayer. Step into a relationship with God. And we start to uncover who we really are. We start to see our true selves. Our eternal identity starts to take root. We slowly start to give up our earthly temporary identities. You know, whether that's in the business world, in your career, in your education, maybe in your relationships. And, you know, um, I can think of a lot of examples, even in my own life, of a lot of identities that I took great pride in that are gone. But it doesn't matter because the Lord used those things to show me what he's calling me to into eternity. And where I went and planned it, I'm grateful and where I still hope for things, um, I know that um, I needed to have this 
proper perspective in order to properly embrace the things that I hope for, if that makes sense. And if not, it will. Oh, I'm sorry, my coffee's hot. <laughs> um, one other thing related to prayer. We tend to think of things, and I said this last time, we tend to think of things as big things and small things. And as we grow up in the Lord, I think we want to learn to invite God into all of our circumstances. And sometimes, you know, oh, these are small things and I can handle this. And then we have big things and then, you know, we get down on our knees and we ask the Lord for help. But I think in our, uh, in our humanness, that's what we do. But I think, you know, the Lord is just looking at us and he's with us. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to recognize we live all of life in his presence. Hebrews 4.13 Psalm 139. He wants us to invite us in because what he does, he looks down and he just sees his child and waiting to be asked for help. That he longs to hear our voice. That he's waiting for us to invite him in. There's a wonderful book called Practicing the Presence of God. And um, it talks about this living all a life with God. And when you do that, you can take the most mundane things and turn them into wonderful things. And the author of that book um, talks about the drudgery of pilling potatoes for a whole monastery. But then when he invited the Lord into that, it became a wonderful, joyful work. And as I've attempted to practice this, I've um, recognized I'm not... I'm still working on it, but when I remember to do it, it does change the disposition of my heart. It does change the perspective of what I'm doing. And I can actually do like Colossians 3.23 or 1 Corinthians 10.31 to whatever I'm doing, do all to the glory of God and commit my work to the Lord. Um. So I just wanted to mention that on big things and small things because uh, we tend to compartmentalize our lives into God things and non-God things, into business and personal and so on. You name it, we got a lot of boxes for all of our stuff. But I would just encourage you to invite God into all of it. You know, as we think about prayer and we think about hope and we think about the brevity of life, I want us to grow into the place of just recognizing that the love, grace, and mercy of God reach much farther than we humans will allow. And you know, this is just something that the Lord is just impressing down on me in this season of life. 
And, you know, um, you know, we've, there's, you know, as we, we close out the year, there was, uh, you know, like I, I, just like last year, um, just un- unexpected things this year, good and bad, some unexpected loss of life from some, some dear friends and, um, just so many things as I recall prayer requests as I recall receiving phone calls in the wee hours yeah I'm just grateful for the Lord and that when we have an eternal perspective we can rest and not lose heart and we may go through pain. We may not understand. But you know, I was talking with a friend who lost a family member. Wasn't sure about the eternal destiny of this person. This person grew up a Christian and then had strayed or I don't even know if that's a fair thing to say that life got busy and and priorities changed. But you know, in that moment, the Lord brought a passage to mind, First Corinthians three, verses thirteen to fifteen, and it makes me think of the grace of God in Luke fifteen twenty. You know, we see the picture of the prodigal son returning home. And you have to ask the question: What if he didn't return home? Well, when the father runs out to meet him, he de- he gives us a declaration because positionally the son had returned and he was still a son. He was still sealed with the Holy Spirit. He was still saved. And I just remember when the, when the Lord brought this to mind in 1 Corinthians 3, you know, it says, you know, some people's work will survive the fire. And it also says this, that there will be some and the work of their lives will be burned up, but they themselves are still saved. And that was a a great encouragement earlier this year as I had the opportunity to share with a friend because in that moment, just the peace of Christ was made manifest because the grace of God reaches much farther. We can't out the grace of God. We can't outrun the mercy of God, that God loves us, that God is relentless. And he's coming after us. Eugene Peterson, um, at his funeral, his son said, you know, all my father's, messages his sermons over all the years could be summarized by that that god loves us he's coming after us he's relentless and he will get us and i love that but i just wanted to share that because i know tonight i know there's folks that are you know maybe missing people and you know i um 
and those things, you know, don't go away. You know, I, uh, I still miss my dad and it's been eight years since he went to be with the Lord. Um, but anyways, I just share that as, as just, um, some encouragement and Lord, thank you for, for bringing that to mind because I, I hope this blesses somebody who's going to hear this. The last thing I want to do is just talk about reading plans for the coming year. And the first thing I want to do, we had some articles on the website from last year at foundationalknowledge.org. And the first thing I want to encourage you to is create margin. And what I mean by that is get some white space in your calendar for God. And try not to bow down to busyness. But give yourself some margin to not only have time with God, but also to reflect and let and process what you read, what you learn, and let it percolate. You know, if you're going to do the Read the Bible in a Year program, I know there's a lot of programs out there. I would say at least do the one for two years. So you're just not rushing through it. The scripture is so rich. You don't want to just rush through it. Uh, I'm going to be putting a new plan on the website. It's not. I'm not done writing it, but it's a plan this year to to learn some life verse chapters. You've heard me use that term before, and I think there's a number of life verse chapters and a number of psalms that you want to learn, and I think those will be uh, instrumental in your spiritual growth. Um. So I'm going to be. Um, getting that up this week and you know it, it'll include things like um, Psalm 1 Psalm 13 Psalm 23 Psalm 27 Psalm 37 and so on in the Psalms and on the other side you know um Ephesians 2, um, Philippians 4, Galatians 5, Romans 8, Hebrews 11, Romans 12, and so on. Matthew 6. Um, but anyways, the, this plan will come together if you want to um, plan on reading life first chapters. Um, for anyone who's interested in doing that, I would encourage you for the month of January, read the book of first John, read it every day for a month. You'll have it memorized after a couple of weeks, but keep reading it because I think the, um, first John itself is a short book, but it gives us a black and white picture of the Christian life, what the Christian life is and what it is not. And I would just encourage you to do that. Um, yeah, that's something from years gone by that when we taught discipleship, we'd always have new believers read the book of first John for the first month. And uh, so I want to encourage you to do that. I'm going to do that starting tomorrow, uh, for the month of January. Uh, but in the interim, I am going to try and, well, I'm not going to try. I'm going to finish the life first chapter, um, plan for the year. 
and um, where it will be a Asama day plus um, plus the chapter for the month. Um, I'm sorry, not Asama day. It'll be a, a Asama and a uh, another chapter for the month. So, um, anyways, I just wanted to get that out to you tonight. Um, and I hope, um, I don't know if anyone's going to hear this tonight or, um, folks are probably already out in their celebrations, but, uh, at any rate, I, I hope that this has some, some encouragement for you and, um, some guidance and some instruction and some edification. If you have questions, again, you can email info at foundationalknowledge.org. And um, I hope this had value because I got to tell you, I was really um, struggling with what I wanted to share tonight. So, uh, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit and this message and the scripture you shared. And I pray that you prepare the hearts of the folks who are going to hear this. And I ask that you would just bless everybody who's hearing this. And Lord, I pray that we would all walk in a manner worthy of your calling. I pray that we would resist the devil, that we would flee temptation, that we would honor you, that we would love our neighbors as ourselves, and that if we have the world's goods, that we would not turn a blind eye to those in need. I pray that you would expose and convict our hearts of anything we need to to grow up in or repent of or embrace. Lord, we're just grateful for many things. We thank you and we praise you and we're grateful. We ask all this in the name of the Lord Jesus. And as we leave here tonight... I was going to uh, share a song with you that to me is a great encouragement. Sometimes I just put this song on a loop when I'm weightlifting because um, I know with God all things are possible. And sometimes I get frustrated that things aren't on my timing or my terms. And this song is just um, a gift of God. Um, to us to stay faithful and so I hope this encourages your heart in the things you're praying for and the things that you lay before God and I look forward to talking to you in the new year good night Sun don't shine, shine. Too many passing dreams, roll by like limousines. It's hard to keep believing when 
gonna pass you by and by. I know your heart been broke again. I know your prayers ain't been answered yet. I know you feel it like you got nothing left. Well, lift your head. It ain't over yet. Ain't over yet. So. I know your heart. 